to What the Heck's Your Source for Warhammer Underworlds and Under 30 Fractured Vertebrae. I'm your co-host, Davey, and with me, <laughs> as always, I have my recklessly rushing co-host, Phil. How are you, Phil? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. If if we're staying on brand, we should just like dive straight into this yeah. and then ping off on random tangents throughout yeah. <laughs> and just be totally like chaos uh, with this episode. But that's definitely our. But style. we can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, if you can't tell, our topic for today is going to be the breakneck slaughter deck. We are continuing our weekly deep dives. Just one more after this one, and we'll uh, then return to a uh, more sane release schedule for us and. Uh, and we'll reconvene about, uh, what, what's, uh, what's next and whether we try this again, um, yeah, we'll right. be open <laughs> feedback, but, uh, for context, we're recording this on the 24th of October. Uh, Phil, the big news is death Gorge is finally on pre-order here in the States. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was kind of a bummer. Like get all hyped up, get super excited. We've got like a preview copy, but can't really, yeah, you know, can't do anything with it can't share it around as easy like we we can you know the the date's broken but like you're excited for everybody to have it in hands and you you feel bad if you're the only one access to it so yep took a little bit of the shine off the the excitement but uh (laughs) it's it's here a little late but it's here yeah uh and then also worth noting uh i actually just listened to the episode you and skylar did on sirenized razors uh really enjoyed it it's kind of fun. It's not often I get to listen to the podcast as a, as just a listener. Um, but, uh, that was cool at the, when you guys recorded that you were mentioning the promised errata to buff loon court and sons of Velmore. Oh, yeah. And then before it actually released that came out, I think did, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that first, uh, first pass? Uh, well, I really think the loon court one is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, still don't love quests but (laughs) i like them a lot better when you can almost inspire your fighters at will so yeah i think that should be pretty interesting uh and what's i don't know what the guy's name who rides him is (laughs) but anyway him being inspired first activation of the game is going to be i think a big deal so yeah should be fun that's a that's a big bruiser to be threatening with so that's cool yeah. Um, what do you think of Sons of Elmorn? Well, it actually was fortuitous because uh, for the league finals, uh, the folks who were not in the top four, which included my son, uh, all randomly drew a warband out of the hat to see as we, as we tried to bulk out the total played warband. So everyone randomly drew a warband that had not yet been played. And Emmett drew Sons of Elmorn and literally the morning... Uh, the morning oh, yeah. of that league, the uh, errata dropped and he, he'd, uh, practiced a couple games with me and he was, he was really down. He did not like having to feel like he had to make his first activation with Bill Morn, uh, right. or feel like he was sacrificing value. And so he liked it a lot. Um, I know there's some debate back and forth. The, the problem is you can only make the reaction once. So you're only ever going to have the one command counter in the round, unless yeah. you have some power card support. Uh, I think on balance, it's better. Um, I think there's some finesse stuff that is would have been nice to keep, but uh, it's uh, it's nice just to have some more flexibility in each round. That that uh, activation tax really could be a lot. Yeah, I mean they've got enough going against them that I I don't know, kind of giving it spotting them that token 
I think is sure. a good thing. Uh, I know people have been using them a lot more lately. So, I mean, obviously people have kind of figured something out. I yeah. am still not interested in playing a war band that inspires <laughs> off crits, but yeah. uh, hey. Well, some of them inspire off reactions at the end of the round. Uh, tr- that sibling rivalry. True, true. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> they're still not my <laughs> yeah, cup no, of tea. I, I got gotcha. you. But I got gotcha. you. Yes, I think it's a it's a marked improvement. Um, both warbands needed it. When you compared them to all the other releases near them, it's like wow, this is a massively different design paradigm. Almost is what it seemed like, yeah. and I don't. I'm not going to try and speculate on how they were actually designed and why they were so much weaker, but. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that they care to try and fix that. Um, it's unfortunate that it has to be in erratas because now new people won't necessarily know about it, but you try and get that information out as much as possible so that people figure it out and then it's a non-issue. Yeah. Uh, it is at least a benefit, you know, so if you are brand new playing and you are just playing like in your household, well, I don't think it makes a super big difference one way or the other, whether you're using it or not, because right, right at that point, you're just trying to learn the basics and you're probably making errors that far outweigh anything that the errata gives or takes away. Um, and then once you, at least, at least if your warband has received one of these erratas, then when you show up, they're like, Hey, guess what? Your warband's actually better than you thought. Yeah. Here's how. So, (laughs) uh, that's, that's kind of cool. I, these come at an interesting time. I, uh, I'm ready to, I, I had a deep dive on Gore Chosen and I've got to figure out what the, what my next, uh, deep dive will be, what, uh, what I want to mess with a lot. Oh. Uh, both Brian and I are real excited about Thricefold. There might be too much Thricefold if we're, if we're both doing it. So I'm kind of casting around trying to figure out what it is. So it might be, might be some experimentation here and there until I, until I land on something. But, yeah. Well, uh, but who knows? Two is not too much. So if it's just you guys, I think yeah. that's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, obviously to cover this, we, uh, at, at this point we could be doing this content without having had the preview, but, uh, some of our, some of our information here is informed by some reps that, we're able to take, um, in, in the lead up. So we, we still, uh, thank GW for the, the preview copy that the uh, podcast was able to use and, and leverage. Um, and that, that went into the card by card review, which is uh, kind of a companion piece for this podcast. Those are our hottest takes. Uh, and this is our more informed a little bit down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody wants to see like, Ooh, what do you guys think of this, that, and the other card? Go check out the blog because we're not going to talk yep. about every card here. Or at least we better not because we'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- th- there is a place for that content for sure. Um, we're going to try and fill in some of the gaps. Um, kind of kind of talk uh, about what the approach, what the deck is good for, some pairings you might look in Nemesis or Championship, and uh, and what, what those kind of broader considerations are uh, rather than a, a, a blow-by-blow uh, on that. Um, so we'll be to that main topic in a second, but before we get there, we've got a couple of community shout outs. I wanted to, uh, shout out and, uh, a blog that had been dormant for a while is now back. Uh, Mandarga is, is under underdog certainty of death blog is back. Mm, yep. Um, and, uh, I always enjoyed going there and getting the, 
the pop-up dialogue box in French about whether I want to accept cookies. <laughs> and normally I try and like skip past it, but it's fun to click ferme et accepte. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I feel sophisticated. Uh, but uh, most recently it was a Grimwatch article. And uh, for me, actually having had a fair number of reps at one point with that warband, it was fun to kind of look through. He's looking... Uh, he's found uh, Nemesis to be pretty fun, which I'm, I'm glad. Uh, and so he was looking at a, a Nemesis pairing for that Grimwatch uh, warband. And I will uh, won't spoil his content, but I thought it was a real good read. I thought it was really accurate on point um, and gave me some stuff to think about, even, even though I've got um, a fair number of reps with those guys. So really glad to see that content uh, flowing from that direction. That was cool. Yeah. Um, another one. We have another episode from the Underworlds Underground guys. Uh, it's cool to see them continuing to churn stuff out pretty quickly here, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, they also have some articles on Sleek's Bowl's blog to sort of uh, be a companion piece to their new episode. Um, yeah, there'll be a couple more articles. I don't want to spoil their content again here, but uh, I'll say they had a new segment, which was very entertaining, worth your while, and then a project that they're working on, uh, which is yeah. which is cool. It's going to be sort of a joint effort between their podcast and some articles going up on Sleek Spool. Uh, so. Very interesting article series, I think, it, or at least should be. Uh, I've only read the first one since it's the only one that's up, but have you? Yeah. Uh, I have listened to the episode. I have not li- uh, read the article okay. yet. Uh, Sleekbull's got his deck listed in there and sort of the reasoning for all his cards, which is interesting. Awesome. Uh, so I, I will I will say, as always, he's managed to come up with a truly excellent deck name. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fun because I, I read, I think I just read the URL and I was like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, that was really fun. Um, and then the uh, other thing we want to do uh, we don't always have time to do this, but I just the timing was such that uh, we we continue to see new players excited about starting out the game. We'll get those posts on on the Discord. Say, hey, like I'm diving in. Uh, here's what I got. I have no idea what I'm doing. I thought this warband looked cool, and here I go. Uh, and you know, oftentimes it's like I'm just playing against my spouse, or maybe it'll be somebody who's like, I'm gonna go play in person outside of my household for the first time. Uh, and it's always cool to see those stories. I think the most recent I saw was there's a, a Richard starting out really excited. Everyone was excited for him, for him. And, uh, he was like, I'm trying to figure out like, like podcasts have been great for, you know, getting me motivated. I'm trying to, f-. and somebody was like, Hey, what kind of a community do you have? He's like, I'm not sure, but I live close to Warhammer world. And everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> we all, we all went from excited to like jealous and excited. So, yeah. Uh, cause there's, there's a good community there. He's, he's in a good spot. So yeah, basically Richard, if you're listening, I, I hope, uh, I hope you get to go, uh, thrash around and have a good time at Warhammer world. Yeah, man. Those bugman clashes sound like a great time. So they're very, really very yeah. jealous. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, we have kind of meandered a little bit here, which is <laughs> not at all the idea of breakneck slaughter. Uh, we are charging straight in here. What do you say? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Breakneck Slaughter, uh, we will talk about that plot card in a second, but let's talk just overall first impressions, what you thought when you first saw it. Yeah, um, so I was was excited that we got another aggressive deck, and then 
I read the plot card and was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Uh, so we'll break that in a second. But the, 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 I did the same thing where I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is a, this is a deck that, and I, you know, on that first impression, I'm not sure how much the core mechanic of that plot card factors in like this, this, uh, not having control of your positioning sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I, I know this can't just be like a total dumpster fire of a deck. Like they've, they've come too far to do that, but I'm really curious how they're going to, how they're going yeah. <laughs> to recover what after is, this plot. Card. What is going to make that work out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about it, that that plot card. Sure. So this warband has a plot card that allows for an ability to be in the game called Impetus. This is an ability that says plus one move to each fighter that has one or more momentum counters. After the reaction step that follows an activation step for each fighter that has one or more momentum counters, that fighter's player picks an opponent. That opponent places the scatter token in that fighter's hex and pushes that fighter X hexes in the direction indicated by the smash symbol, where X is the number of that fighter's momentum counters, then removes those momentum counters. (laughs) And there's more. If that fighter cannot be pushed into a hex, that fighter is not pushed and stagger that fighter. Woo. Yeah. Mouthful. Yep. Uh, so it basically means any fighter that's got a momentum counter is going to suffer some sort of repositioning or staggering from the other player. Yeah. Um, so, uh, after a quick read through, I found, okay, well, there are ways to mitigate it. Not every card in here is giving you momentum counters. There are lots of ways to generate them. Uh, and there are some ways to hand them off to other people. Um, and having, having reassured myself that it wasn't all just, you know, do a thing and then be in a totally terrible spot. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, reset and was ready to, to kind of take a, take a look with fresh eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that like, I wasn't sure how impactful the pushes would be, but I, I figured, Hey, anything that's giving extra move kind of just passively is probably going to be kind of ridiculous because at least back in the day aggro warbands were like oh plus move yes please i'll i'll take my spectral wings and then make crazy dive bomb charges on first activation basically yeah and that was i I feel like that was it's not that speed is no longer important but i think a big factor has been the change the the minor tweak to objective placement uh in that it used to be that that fifth objective down could be on an edge hex so you would you would end up with these objectives that were on the very back line uh and that gave room to put more basically warbands could if they were holding objectives could hold uh a fair amount farther back uh by the nature, how things are, everything is kind of pushed a little more towards the middle. And so you don't, you don't need to dive quite as far, but sometimes you do need to go a ways or sometimes it really helps to be able to, you know, bypass that front line. So, yeah. Or if there's a specific fighter that you're trying to get to, or if there's a specific spot you want to end your charge in, or in this case, probably just 
near <laughs> in the vicinity <laughs> of <laughs> uh it, it can be very useful still um and like there's times where it's like oh man if i could just get that one more fighter in uh well this this deck's gonna get you there yeah well not to not to be too coy about it i i don't think we're gonna blow anyone's minds but if you had to describe the overall uh the play style of this deck uh, how would you describe it? And does it hold pretty solid as a, as a complete, or is it, uh, you know, sometimes we'll see these and they've got, they've got some oddball things salted in there. Yeah. Um, so, so the question is really, is this an aggro deck or is this a hyper aggro deck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, are, are you completely selling out or are you just like, I mostly just want to kill all of my opponent's fighters. Um, and the answer I think is is more towards I'm just aggro, I think, but only because there's some of this like momentum speed stuff that is not necessarily like I have to hit an attack or make an attack to score this. Um and and that's cool. Um I'm I still am a little unsure. Like there's a couple of these cards. So one of them out of control, the other one wild impetus that both trigger off of having impetus resolve. And it's like, mm. how reliable is that? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> like without having played it a bunch, I, I just don't even have a good feeling for how, how much impetus is going to impact games, how much it's going to come up. Um, other than knowing you're not going to end where you thought you were. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I found them to be well. So here's the here's the thing: is like it depends how much you're leaning into it. Yeah. Um, I, I and it, by it I mean the the momentum counter is an impetus mechanic. Um, I I think what we'll see as we talk a little more about this, there are some great cards in here uh, that don't have anything to do with momentum and impetus. Yeah. Um, there are some cards that are pretty good that do have to do with that and there's a whole bunch of cards that uh unlock and interact if you lean into it harder yep um what i have found is by and large some of those that lean into it harder like the ones that you were talking about uh you mentioned um out of control and wild impetus uh if you if you have leaned into the mechanic those those are actually pretty smooth um they but they, that means that you have kind of committed to that and whether that is worth doing, uh, is kind of, uh, kind of a function of what else you have available to you to reach for. Yeah. Um, and we'll see some of that with what we, we pair it with. Uh, I think if you are a war band that maybe doesn't, maybe you've got strong fighters, but not a strong, uh, strong set of faction cards, then you lean harder onto these, onto that side of things. And, uh, they are, uh, it's hard to say, uh, perfectly functional, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe better than, maybe better than perfectly functional. I, I found them to be, uh, not too bad. You know, I yeah. had, I think, um, wild impetus is, uh, third or subsequent time impetus is, uh, resolved, uh, that I, I had some, some rounds where I was like, this is 100% going to go off and, uh, you know, with some, with some help, it, it may go off, you know, 
before the third round, but this is, this is going to cycle out of my hand after my third activation. I'll see something new and it feels nice to have a surge that you're like, this will score, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so, right. So I, I think what we're saying is like aggro and this weird extra mechanic, um, are, are kind of the two pieces, yeah. uh, there that the little bit extra that I've seen salted in that there's actually some defensive tech in here. There is. Um, like survivability tech, I guess is, is what I'd call it. There's, there's a, a few, I, th- I think I can think out top head of three or four cards, uh, a couple, a couple gambits and a couple upgrades specifically that, that help with, uh, that whole situation. And you can say those are aggro cards, uh, if you want, because they are, keeping your fighters alive that are diving forward, but they're, they're available. They, they can provide that regardless of whether you're, you're being aggro with those fighters. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's one kind of, I don't know, like, um, aftertaste we'll say, uh, to the, to the main course of this, of this deck that I noticed in here. Yeah. It, it's like, and I think that's another good argument for why you can say like, well, this isn't, this isn't like suicide reavers level aggro. Like we're, we're not just completely throwing all caution to the wind and just going and no matter what, like we don't care what happens after we charge kind of thing. Yeah. But, it, but it can be, it can be, you, you can very <laughs> yeah. much just be like, uh, yeah. I'm just charging. Uh, yep. let's see what happens. Yeah. You can ignore those, uh, if you want and just go for it. Uh, I think we've kind of given a pretty good overview. Do we want to talk some of these cards yeah, specifically? Let's, let's do it. Okay. Let's start with where we like to start objectives. What, what screams at you in the objectives here? Um, yeah. So there are a handful that I think are sort of it, like, if you're reaching for this deck, you're probably doing it for these objectives in particular, because they are very, very strong. Um, mm-hmm. And like, just, reliable aggro scoring that we haven't really seen in a while um and the one for me that really jumps out is eager for the fight heck yes yeah so this is a end phase Uh, you score this if each uh surviving friendly fighter has one or more charge tokens and or is within two hexes of one or more enemy fighters Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I read that, I was like, well, wait a minute, do I have to have all of them charged and they all have to be within two? And it's like, no, the and or thing is to say, you sort of can do a list. You can either, everyone can be charged. Everyone can be within two of an enemy fighter, or you can have a combo of that. We don't have to have mm-hmm. it be a full mix of both for all your fighters, which would be insane. Um, so essentially if you can charge all your fighters, you're scoring two glory. And yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, there, there's many war bands that this is guaranteed to happen. Uh, you know, crushes yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> sure. Any, any of your three or four fighter war bands that the ones that, you know, might struggle with this in the past, uh, I mean, you, you say crushes, but it's possible. I've, I've definitely played against crushes where I, intentionally deployed in such a way like okay you can charge with one or two but you're not going to charge with all three uh i'm going to deny you whichever one you've had been forced to put farther back 
but mercifully for breakneck slaughter, there's ways to overcome that situation. Yeah. This is absolutely a deck that uh, allows speed. What I also like about this is that there is a little bit of counterplay. If you're a deck that can hand out move tokens, you can lay a move token on somebody. Yeah. And that'll prevent them. If you put it on before they charge, it'll prevent them from getting a charge token in the first place. And then they have to fight for that second uh, that second clause, you know, so whoever had the move token on them now has to try and struggle to get up within two. Uh, it's it's kind of corner case and niche that that ability exists, you know, putting out move tokens, but it's not nothing. It's certainly out there. Yeah. And um, I, I love cards that are reliable, are solid, and still have counterplay. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, very good that this deck has a plot card because otherwise i feel like all the stuff from tooth and claw plus these objectives would all of a sudden be pretty crazy yeah i i mean that is uh that is an important piece is that there's some really great stuff that we'll keep talking about here and it's gated behind this plot card so yep. uh we we mentioned tooth and claw but there are you know as as we see other decks come out um it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see which interactions were specifically denied because this exists here absolutely yeah is there an objective that is really drawing you into this deck yeah definitely uh i think uh so the one you mentioned is one that you could fail every roll that you make in the round and you will score that two glory as long as you charge with everybody uh gale force is another one that is results agnostic so yeah. This is a surge. Score this immediately after your warband's third or subsequent attack action in the same phase. So, did you make three attacks? Here's here's a, a surge for you. Yeah. Um, that's that's great. Uh, can't really say too much. I, no. <laughs> it says black black powder just blazing away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. Where where'd you get all those swag counters, black powder? Well, I've seen. Your, yeah. He's I've he's using <laughs> those uh, those cards to let him just blow through all those extra attacks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's really straightforward, really simple. It's not impossible to deny, um, but yeah. uh, it it is as reliable uh, of a s- aggro surge as you could ask for. Yeah, I mean, there are certain warbands where I would say it is basically impossible to deny. Um, Rippa's come to mind. Make, mm. make two Ooh, charges yeah. and you got it. I don't know, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know. As you say, yes, you can try and deny three attacks. I think that's possible, um, especially against like elite warbands. But yeah. the speed, I mean, the speed is going to be a thing where it's like, how do I, how do I deny attacks when I I have to worry about a four or five move fighter no matter what? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I I really like that pair. The those two sort of give you a nice solid start. Um, what what else? What are what are some other things uh, in this deck that are strong contenders? So I think there's another two glory end phase that I want to mention, and this is not quite as smoking hot as uh, eager for the fight. Yep. But this is rapid strike. I score this in the end phase if the number of enemy fighters out of action is equal to or greater than the round number. So one in round one, all the way up to three in round three. I think that is a nice scale. Yeah. Uh, I think against some more bands, this is going to be 
it's going to feel so good in your hands. You know, if you were playing in Gits, you're like, okay, well, I've got this. You know, I will, I will Let, take out a Git. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> um, and against other warbands, you need to be cognizant of when you're drawing it. Like, I, I think, I don't think it's unreasonable to get to even like uh, Storm Coven down in round two. Uh, yeah. Often my experience have been against them is I'll get two of them down and then there's just the one uh, insane powerful guy that is a nightmare to deal with. Um, but so it, it's, you know, round three, it's probably dead into Storm Coven unless you've already won the game. With, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and that's that is probably coming up with one of like the worst case scenarios that or crushes was the one that often comes to mind for me because of when I was playing at my most in, in the sort of uh, early beast grave or era in there. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, just a nice one that, that scales is available. It's not broken. Uh, it's just, it is there. I like yeah. it. I, it's, it's cool that it's easier when you get it earlier in the game. Um, it, well, <laughs> in some ways, right? Like killing yeah. an elite fighter in round one can sometimes feel daunting, but like if you had it in your opening hand, I don't think you'd feel bad about it. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's doable in round two, and then maybe it gets hard. And then against swarms, you're like, yeah, I really like this. Um, so I think that's really cool that it's not just like, hey, as long as you have this in your opening hand, it's guaranteed. But it is situationally going to be very good. Um, more to glory end phase for aggro is something we've been missing, I think, mm-hmm. in the deck pool of light so seeing that is pretty nice um not talking about the deck tonight but there is a force of frost to glory end phase for aggro as well so uh i i think they're they've got they've got more options all of a sudden yeah um the only thing with rapid strike that always and cards like rapid strike that give me pause is that a lot of the death war bands with revive mechanics make things like Mm. this difficult Mm. sure so i think this this maybe is one of these weird cards where like situationally you need to mulligan for it differently um Mm. so like if you're going up against exile dead you probably want this in your opening hand because if you don't get it in your opening hand you might just not have an enemy fighter dead um and having three of them out of action just feels nearly impossible right so like sure. you don't want to draw it late um so yeah something an, an interesting thing to think about for the card and and i think a good uh like a, a good internal mechanism to keep it from being too good mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense uh anything else that you wanted to touch on in the objectives here i think the only other one that I really like just for its consistency is called need for speed. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is actually a card that already exists. Uh, Uh, Move or die is what it is the equivalent of. Um, And so this is score this in an end phase. If each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens. Yeah. One glory end phase. It's, there's nothing fancy about it, but, it's consistent and you'll likely be able to score it. And that's sometimes what you need to fill out your deck. Um, so glad to have it available. Yeah. I think, uh, there is, I, I, I think, yeah, having that, 
reliable one in there is nice just for that early seed glory getting you set up. Absolutely. Uh, there are, I think there are three objectives that deal with, uh, momentum counters and all three of them are surges. Um, and, uh, again, two of them, I think out of control, which is, uh, you, you use impetus on an enemy fighter. So either they also are breakneck or, uh, or you use one of these cards that kind of hand momentum to the enemy. Or impetus ability staggers a friendly fighter uh, that'll trigger that. Uh, I, I feel like the stagger option is something that a fair amount of people might take, and it's this is a nice one to have there where yeah, they have to kind of double about it. Yeah, like okay, am I if I do this, I want the stagger, but am I am I just giving a glory for you know kind of nothing, not nothing, but for a stagger? That's uh, that's a trade that the breakneck player is probably going to take. So. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely something that I had thought about after reading through the deck the first time is it's like, Oh, you know, the player doing the impetus, it's not a real scatter. They get to choose the direction. So they could Mm -hmm. always just like point your fighter at the fighter they just charged. And therefore Mm -hmm. they are going to 100% just get staggered and they won't go anywhere. Um, and so this is kind of a, as you said, is a cool counterbalance to that to where it's like, yep. you can always have a reroll against my fighter, but you might just hand me a glory, which would be right. pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, I think the other ones uh, in here, some of them are, are fine. Some of them are very situational uh, or, or kind of oddballs, but yeah. I think we'll, we'll make a circle around there when we talk to uh, pairings yeah. with uh, what warbands might take them. <laughs> But I think I'm ready to move to gambits. Are you good with that? I just have one question for you because I think I've seen oh. it in uh, Discord talked about is the other two glory end phase running rings. Oof, yeah. <laughs> so, so this one says two or more friendly fighters are adjacent to one or more enemy fighters in enemy territory and two or more of those friendly fighters each have one or more move and or charge tokens. Is this saying that you need to have two or more friendly fighters adjacent to the same enemy fighter in enemy territory? Mm. Or is it saying you need to have two fighters who are adjacent to a enemy fighter? Two or more friendly fighters are adjacent to one or more. I, I think reading it, I can see why you would interpret it either way. And inevitably, whenever we kind of come down on one side or the other, we make somebody mad about well, it. Of course, and that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've already seen the discussion uh, where people disagree, so I just thought, sure. I think. I mean, I think you could have written this. I mean, this is not an argument, I guess, to just say that it could have been written to be obvious. To, you could have written it are adjacent to the same. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. To one or more of the same enemy fighters, uh, would have made that pretty clear so i think you, there's a pretty fair way to read this to say it does not have to be the same yeah. one and that was uh i think i think the art almost makes this more difficult because there's a bunch of banshees <laughs> all around rothgorn yeah. yeah a bunch of mournflight all swirling around so it, it you know understandably makes you think like oh well they all have to be next to the, yeah. the same yeah. silly english making one mean both yeah singular and, or and i honestly i i, I don't a. think 
I think if you allow it to be other fighters, it's not like, oh no, we, it went from, you know, fine to busted. I think it's, yeah, I agree. Um, I do think I like it better when it can be multiple fighters that they can be adjacent to. And I, sure. I hope that that is the way it is, but just, just for anybody who's like, I'm just going to pick this deck up. Uh, there is some contention about this card. Be aware, have, you know, a judge willing to make a ruling because <laughs> they might have to anyway. Sure. But yes, let's, let's talk some gambits. They got some spicy ones in here. Yep. What one jumps out at you? Yeah, so I mean, so we were just saying how the deck is very aggressive and, you know, I think the objectives support that. And when I was looking through the gambits the first time, I was like, okay, so what gambits sort of pair well with the objectives we've already set are the ones that I want to have. And there's two, but I think the one I like best is called Devastating Charge. Mm. Um, it says choose a friendly fighter give the chosen fighter two momentum counters plus one damage to that fighter's range one and two attack actions in the next activation step so this is effectively give a fighter plus one move plus one damage in the next activation step right and notice it's not the first attack in the next activation step so it's all attacks yeah yikes uh that and then I think it's worth just it's basically it's companion is reckless charge, yeah, uh, which is the same card only plus one dice instead of plus one damage, yeah, and same thing it uh, it is an accuracy buff to as many attacks as you make during that next activation step, yeah, um, quite good. I think one thing to to keep in mind and this this uh, has been debated a, a couple of times, but I think the answer is pretty straightforward. Or, if not straightforward is pretty clear i should say um and that's if you have attacks that are a reaction so i'm thinking here uh rippas if they if they are a reaction after the attack like not during there's some there's some oddball ones like i think magors have some that react during and all that sort of thing but um if it happens after the last action of the activation is simultaneous with the end of that activation. So if you're doing a wolf bite, if you are doing a combo attack, unless that combo is reacting to something in the middle of a scything, which, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> um, then then that that reaction attack is not part of that activation step and so would not benefit from these. Yep. Um, yep. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I guess it, it it's fairly well supported, like you say, in the, I think... Um, there are power cards for those situations where it's like, if this fighter failed an attack action, make another attack. Mm -hmm. Some of them say during this fighter's attack action in which they're making an attack that would be unsuccessful, make another attack action. And another one is like, after an attack action that was unsuccessful, (laughs) make another attack action. And it's like, well, if we clearly have these two separate things, then one of these is, uh, you know, a reaction that must be happening after the activation step. So, yep. Uh, so I think how much you value these, uh, depends on a few things. Um, it depends on nemesis versus champs, because yep. if you're in champs, then you have access to something like determined effort, which is plus one dice on your next attack. Uh, if you have access to determined effort, then reckless charge becomes a, well, do you want that speed that those momentum counters are giving you? And if you don't, then momentum is really just making it so you have a penalty yeah. uh, 
Um, so your factors are, do I need the speed and do I care about momentum outside of the speed? So if I have included, uh, uh, upgrades or objectives that want momentum in order to, you know, trigger, trigger a surge or something like that, then there's some, there's some, a uh, side value on there. Yeah. Uh, but plus, you know, if, if there was a card that just said plus one speed and plus one damage, I'm like that's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, because then all of a sudden it's like, well, do I need the damage? Cool. Like it has the flexibility, right? Like, Hey, I didn't actually need the damage, but I did need the speed. Yep. You know, I had a highly accurate attack. There's some guy who's just wandering around on one health. Uh, and if I can just get to him, I can make this happen. I think about that all the time with like Gore Hulk, who uh, once he's inspired has that crazy choke action, the, the choking grip. And that inspires like three smash and snare, I think. So, right. Uh, pretty accurate and if you can get to the person you know somebody who's trying to get away from you then all of a sudden you're good to go yep yeah i I mean multiple stat boosts in the same gambit is pretty rare um i mean we we value a double boost to the same stat for a lot of the same reasons so uh i i mean i think these are pretty strong and well it doesn't always come up the scything thing is is significant and you know, should have certain warbands taking notice, like sure, uh, being able to get a accuracy boost to your entire scything or your, an accuracy boost or a damage boost to your whole scything is not something to be taken lightly. So, mm. I really like these. Yeah. I think they're sort of like the two gambits that sort of I think, in my take anyway, sort of exemplify like this is what the deck is about. <laughs> mm-hmm. here's what we're doing yeah. let's go do it yeah and they they feel like the gambits uh, at least the offensive gambits that you may reach for even even if you are not messing with the impetus mechanic yeah right like you may have a warband that says uh, i wouldn't mind accuracy or damage and i sure could use a little help with speed and then these become like hey even if i get repositioned or staggered afterwards i'm willing to take that uh and i don't i'm not even going to bother taking any mitigation or objectives that score off it they they may still have enough value just right on their own absolutely yeah uh how about you what what are some gambits that you feel like exemplify what this deck's about so that's I have two that I don't know. I'm going to say they're not necessarily exemplifying what the deck is about. Uh, They are, this is that thing that I said was like the aftertaste. There's, there's a Mm, pair of defensive gambits here and I think they're both worth discussing. Uh, One of them is quick juke, uh, which the timing is really important on this. So this is reaction. Play this after the attack roll of an attack action that targets a friendly fighter. Give that fighter one guard token and two momentum counters. Yeah, so buddy. yeah, you get to see what the results are and then decide whether you want the guard token. There's a good chance you're going to lose it because you're about to get two momentum counters and you, yeah, you, you may just staggered. get staggered. Uh, and so you'll gain it and then lose it unless, unless you have some other change or mitigation. But this, uh, this is potentially really powerful. I, I wish I could remember there was like, it wasn't survival instinct. There was there was a card, maybe it was that. There was a card in the Beast Grave era that let you react to go on guard, and I think it may have been like when the attack was made. So it wasn't even seeing the dice. Yeah. So the timing on this is is great because 
certain fighters, especially, of course, we're thinking in this case of two dodge fighters that are on two dodge. Uh, this is this is a really big boost for them to go from two dodge to two dodge on guard. Yeah, that uh, makes a lot more of the faces better. What they can do is like if that attack roll came as maybe a single crit, then you're like, well, this doesn't help me. Yep. Uh, like having extra faces, I'm not going to bother using this card. I'm crit fishing anyway. If it's a deal where like, okay, they came in flying, you know, maybe let's say, uh, I don't know, Vexmore came in and he's doing, he's got a three damage single success coming in on a single hammer. Like really don't want that three damage. I'm going to go on guard with this. Now I'm really likely to roll at least a single success and uh, be able to dodge that three damage. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of like the ideal use case. Um, So that, especially because of the timing, I think is, I think is a really, some, some war bands will really, really love that card. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then the other was roll with the punches. And this is, this is, uh, this is a defensive card that you put down before the activation. So in the next activation, when a friendly fighter is the target of an attack action, give that fighter one momentum counter and minus one damage to a minimum of one from the attack action until it has been resolved. Um, this is telegraphed, but we've seen cards in this vein. Uh, there's the ones that go with, um, there's a damage reduction guards that most of the dwarf war bands have that say next attack is only one. A lot of the, uh, a couple of corn war bands have, you know, these, these ones that say, Hey, this next attack that happens is going to be less damage. This is great. If somebody's gearing up and they've just made it to lethal damage, you know, yeah. um, you know, maybe they just put on their great strength or, or whatever. And now you're like, okay, this is going to take a fighter out. Now I'll put down roll with the punches and I'm back to surviving this attack. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I definitely know from playing the one that, uh, the reavers have that it's like, it can mm-hmm. completely change people's plans when all of a sudden they're like, well, I can't actually get a kill with this next attack now. So what yeah. am I doing instead? <laughs> uh, yeah exactly pretty nice um obviously you know with both of these you have to not care about where your fighters are currently standing or at least not as much sure. as their chance of dying uh to right. play either of these because no matter what happens your fighter is going to be moved or i guess they could just stagger you staggered. But, yeah right um, whichever is worse for yeah, you yeah right <laughs> yeah um so, I mean, really great, uh, especially good, I think, like you said, on multi-defense dice fighters. Um, but when we get to pairings, we'll we'll sort of have to mention how it's like, well, certain warbands won't want some of these cards because it's like, oh, I have to be able to stand in a certain spot. And my opponent right. has a lot of control over where my fighters stand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it, whenever I've been building decks for this uh, pairing, I've been sort of grabbing all four of these just sort of right off the gate. And I'm just like, they're probably in. And then maybe I'll (laughs) cut them if I like absolutely can't find room. But by default, I think I'm including all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think also worth mentioning there's, there's three gambits that all either, Mitigate or transfer momentum counters. That would be can't stop, screech to halt, and see ya. Yeah. Um, can't stop being it basically lets you have control of that push that happens because of your momentum counters. Screech to halt has you ditch them, and see ya 
removes them from you and gives one to a, a fighter that you see uh, or that is uh, adjacent to yours, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Like that's uh, how much mileage you get out of these kind of depends on how heavily you leaned into the momentum mechanic. And I, I think these are cards that you're only really taking if you're leaning into that if you're if you're going like i'm going to try and score surges off this i'm going to try and you know have other because otherwise i think uh i think there is greater value in other gambits i do like the sia as a way to uh to push a fighter that you either otherwise wouldn't be able to you know so if they're you know glissettes sitting in a spot you really need to move her off of well you can walk next to her and hand her a momentum counter and say all right yeah get get out of here Um, so. The only thing, well, I I have a couple of problems with Sia, but the thing I'll mention is that like, sure, the only way you're getting momentum counters is from some other power card, and so mm-hmm. Sia kind of ends up being like a combo piece where oh, you do have yeah. to have another card to pair with it to do anything, and yeah. I don't always like that. Um, it's not bad, I mean, but. And I guess this is sort of the second thing is that like only giving one momentum counter, it's kind of like you gained knockback, except that you don't actually have to hit with your attack. I presuming you're attacking right. uh, to do this. So, I mean, it has more flexibility, but I think it would have been cool if you could hand all of your momentum counters to the opposing fighter. <laughs> Just be like, yeah. there they go. I mean, all, all three of these are essentially combo cards because yeah, none yeah. of these three cards do anything on their own. Yeah. They, they require you to have generated momentum in some way yeah. otherwise. And with only... I mean... Really only one of your objectives cares about your opponent having the momentum counters. Uh, mm. And so it's like these almost end up feeling more like control pieces, which... I, I'm almost not sure how that works in the deck unless you're not building towards the like I'm going to be charging into your face being super aggressive. Um, and maybe there's a world where like you actually are grabbing this to be like flex, but um, I hadn't got I haven't really like gotten there in my head yet. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's hard to see that because because in order to get in order like the because of the nature of these is being combo cards you just if you're including these you're just running out of yeah you're running out of deck space too quickly I know. it's it's weird so, it's very weird yeah. so um i'm personally not really a fan uh can't stop is maybe the one i would consider because it's like hey that could end up just being a push card effectively um sure. which is kind of nice. yeah that has some really cool things that you can do with yeah. it uh, although i i will say in one of my games by the time this came out the fighter i wanted to use it on uh, was getting like four momentum counters after I <laughs> did, did this. And I was like, ah, that's kind of like farther than I want to. And I think they were even in a spot where I was like, I don't actually have a spot I can go. Yeah. Like, I think I wanted to be in enemy territory and there was no direction I could push for. Yeah. And I assume because if I couldn't push the full distance then I couldn't use it because it doesn't have like the, the uh, impetus caveat of like, if if you if there's a spot you can't move and then you get staggered so yeah that's that's um, an interesting point um yeah i think i think i figured out like i had to go way in a different direction than i was expecting just to be able to use it but yeah um 
and I think also worth mentioning is this Sia is the only card that hands momentum counters that does not require a successful attack. Yes. The the other ones that take your momentum counters and give it to somebody else, uh, I'll say like after the deal damage step, uh, which means that you have to have succeeded at an attack for them to be able to transfer. Yeah. Um, in that vein, if you're leaning into stuff like wild impetus or out of control and you want there to just be lots of momentum counters and you're trying to score off of momentum counters, I think you then sort of pigeonhole yourself into having to take slick ice, which mm. is a domain card in this deck. <laughs> um, and it just says after a fighter's charge super action, give that fighter a momentum counter. This persists until the end of the round or until another domain gambit is played. Yeah. So this, this is everybody gets the penalty of momentum counters without the benefit. Yeah. Uh, at least on the ones given out by this, because you're getting it after you've made your charge, and then you're losing it because of the impetus. Right. Yeah. So you don't you don't actually uh, get the speed boost. You just slide around, right. which, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it'll it should anyway score you wild impetus and out of control. I mean, if your opponent is yeah. like adamant about like I will not charge <laughs> at all, you probably are okay with that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, an interesting card nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty good coverage. I, I it's, it's a lot of the cards. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the gambits are strong here. So, yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's there's uh there's more speed. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Do you want to go faster? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the upgrades though? How do they how do they kind of fill out this this deck? Yeah. Um, my reading of it was sort of like all right, you've got your aggro objectives. You've got these gambits that on command can kind of make you a little more aggro or can help you sort of mitigate some of your, the (laughs) mitigate some of your aggro. Uh, And then the upgrades, it almost feels like are your toolbox where it's like, here's the extra stuff. Um, So there, there's a handful of things going on here. None of which are like directly, making your fighters better at killing your opponent, except I guess kind of one of them. But I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I like there's, there's another two defensive upgrades in here and I like them the best of all of the upgrades, which is kind of funny that it's like, Hey, there's four really cool defensive pieces in this very aggressive deck. Um, but I think it helps uh to keep your fighters alive when you're having to charge them in some not ideal spaces probably right um i i guess i'll i'll just start with one of them uh and it is tumblr and i Mm -hmm. i really like this one just because it has a couple cool things going for it so first off you can't give this to a large fighter which is probably a good thing uh this fighter's defense characteristic is to dodge and they cannot be on guard. So, I mean, that's fair, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then the fighter cannot be staggered. So, yeah. They, uh, they just, it's like, I don't know. Stagger feels like all of a sudden it is coming up a lot more frequently. And so these rerolls mm-hmm. that people are getting incidentally has become uh, something you have to consider more frequently. And this just says, mm-hmm. nope, 
I'm two dodge and I'm just always two dodge and that's going to yeah. be pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, obviously you, you give this to a, like one block or a one dodge fighter and they're feeling pretty happy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the companion to that is moving Mark. Um, weirdly, this one can be given to a large fighter. Um, <laughs> it'll give somebody two block, uh, cannot be on guard. However, they must have a move or charge token. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine um, that that's kind of the reasoning. Cause it was like, there's at least a window sure. where you don't have to yeah. block, but that's still really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two block is no joke. Yeah. Uh, little, little callback to our, um, to the thricefold discord episode. Uh, there is that one temptation that says, uh, either let me give a charge token to somebody or I'll take off a couple stag- stagger and moves yeah. from the board. So you, you could, yep. you could debuff the moving Mark, um, with that. <laughs> that is, that is a very specific set of circumstances, very but, strange uh, set of circumstances, but yes. Yeah. Uh, but this two block, I mean, it's kind of wild, right? Like we, we keep mentioning reavers, but reavers or McCores or these war bands that are just always on the one defense dice by and large. Um, Sorry, Riptooth, not uh, not ignoring you, just generalizing. Um, like all of a sudden, you can be like, "Well, I guess Blood Six going to be he's going to charge in. And he's going to be at two block. I'd, I'd like to keep him around, you know." So yep. uh, that's a that that is a big defensive boost, and you can throw it down after you've already made your charge. So then you don't even have to right away have this penalty after this fighter's move action. Give this fighter one momentum counter. Um, yeah. You know, because you you don't need it until after you've done your move. Yeah, that's a really nice boost and uh, kind of a cute way to get around the penalty there. Sure. Uh, so what else? Uh, like, is, is there anything aggressive here that helps our fighters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned them. There's there's uh, two weapons, and then there's this unstoppable warrior, which gives innates. Unstoppable Warrior will give innate fury or smash. Uh, and then after any successful attack action, break this card. But in order to unlock that innate, you need three or more momentum counters. Though I'm not going to say a lot about this card other than by definition, this card is a three card combo yep. because you have to have three momentum counters. So you can't do that with any one single card elsewhere, which means you need two other power cards plus this card. Uh, innate is really powerful. And so I, I understand why they uh, gated it behind uh, a challenging obstacle, but that's that's too much. I, so. I agree. Um, and being a one-time use thing, it's almost like yeah, mm, maybe maybe yeah. it could have been a little easier. Um, I think it would have been fine if it didn't break, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, I'd have like to I said, do some math, but yeah. I think there's very few scenarios where you'd get to use this more than once, even if it didn't break. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are two pretty good weapons here. Inertial Lance is just your standard spear, two smash, two damage, range two, uh, with the added bonus that if it manages to successfully hit, it can hand off momentum counters. Yep. Um, so just a, a good weapon that can help you mitigate some of your, your issues here. And I think especially getting a range two weapon in a deck where you may have been pushed out of adjacency or into a spot, knowing that you have this, you can throw it on somebody who needs a little help. Yeah. Uh, making another attack. So 
a great inclusion for this deck. I think um, unless you've got a better weapon in faction or don't need weapons whatsoever, I think this is a pretty solid inclusion, yep. even even if you don't care too much about the momentum side of things. Yep. And then Hurricane Dart. So this one's much stranger. It is range four, which Yowza. It is uh, a smash characteristic for attacks, and it's two damage. So range four, two damage has got everybody yeah, you pay attention. sitting up. <laughs> and I, I think some of our reviewers were a little like, what, did they learn nothing from Ephilim? But I, I here's why I don't think it's that much of a problem is the that dice characteristic is one plus the number of momentum counters. Yep. Most of the ways you get momentum counters in this deck are by moving. So most of the way you, you know, like it, you, you can give a momentum counter with some other cards without it, but by and large you, you get it after a move action or uh, in preparation for a move action. And if you're, doing that that means you're charging with this if you're charging with this it means unless you're charged out you're really just kind of using it the once and the spot that the this kind of attack really gets out of control is if you are attacking multiple times yeah um and let's say even even if you manage to figure out a way like hey i'm gonna kind of generate some momentum counters for myself and use this over and over uh, it means that your position is going to keep on getting moved. So you'd either be, you'll make your attack and then get dragged into a counter charge range by the enemy war band, or you get pushed so that you are maybe now out of range or out of line of sight of your next potential target. So, uh, which is, sounds like I'm really talking down on this. I think it's great. I think it's cool. And I think there's some war bands to be happy to just, you know, Hey, I'm going to throw this on and I'm sure I'll have a, a range four, one smash, two damage attack. Um, you know, maybe I'll get lucky. It'll give me something to do from far away, or maybe it'll be highly accurate. If I, if I put this on, uh, something that's giving me multiple, uh, multiple momentum counters. So yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's fine. Yeah, I agree. I think there'll be some interesting ways to combo this to be like a surprise attack thing where it's like, Oh man, I was not prepared for that. And all of a sudden I'm getting hit for two damage from really far away. But you know, a two damage attack is good, but it's not like you're not one shotting people from four dam from four hexes away. And as you say, like you have to be doing something else to get this to be even remotely reliable. Um, you know, using power cards to add momentum, which has downsides of pushes, power cards that can give like supports and stuff. I suppose would also work here to. Add- yeah, boost some of the accuracy but it's still not it's not you're not going turret mode you're not just standing there and suddenly you're just annihilating anybody who's anywhere right. within half a board away um, yeah. so i i think there will be places for this i personally don't see it as being hugely problematic though yeah, I think I think the only place that you start to get a little worried is if somebody has like an infaction blanket plus one dice. Um, yeah, on, on attack actions that is with, not range limited. No range limit, man. Uh, I'd have to go look and even figure out who has that. Um, I'm sure they uh, exist, <laughs> but I'm not. I know one who exists. <laughs> um, but still, like, it's not. Like, I don't think we need to be overly concerned about it i i do no i don't i do like though that they included two weapons 
and not range one weapons for a deck that is definitely well geared towards aggro because there yep. are plenty of aggro warbands that have fighters whose base attack profiles are not very good. Um, and so having extra weapon access is useful and mm-hmm. um, they'll be happy to have these. Yeah, totally. Um, for what it's worth, the, the one I was thinking of is Path to Glory oh, from God's Sword Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> plus one wood, plus one dice to his fighter's hey, attack actions. Hey, you know what? For them, all of a sudden, that, yeah. that's making Hurricane Dart look pretty good. But, you know, you're, you're playing God's Sword Hunt, so I, uh, I'll, I'll give him a pass. I'll allow it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, there's that. I, I think the other kind of cluster worth mentioning is that strangely there are three upgrades that give bonus movement uh they all do kind of a a slightly different thing they generate may generate two of them generate momentum at uh awkward moments and the other one is a battering ram which is a way of handing off uh it is weird to see that many upgrades that provide plus move in a deck that is already generating momentum counters and theoretically giving you plus move yeah Uh, do you need plus three or four movement? Sure. <laughs> I, I definitely had Zarkus uh, at uh, powered up to move eight at one point. Yeah, was a... when I was playing. So yeah. uh, he, I was just having him like make charges that were you know it's a fighter two away, and he would just like run up to him, then run a circle around yeah. them for style. So pretty yeah. interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I think of any of those, Battering Ram is the one I would look at just because it does give you that way to hand off momentum if you need to, but sure. um, not super interested in the others. I think one last card, that I don't really know what to make of this card, but it's here and it's a teleport, so I think it's worth mentioning. Um, translocating Step. So yeah. If this fighter is in an edge hex and not within one hex of an enemy fighter, this fighter can use the following action. So you're already having to burn an action for this. You give the fighter two momentum counters and then place this fighter in another edge hex within three hexes of one or more enemy fighters. Yeah. So Uh, (laughs) I, I think we're conditioned to be excited about a teleport because we remember hidden paths and how powerful that could be. But that was gambit speed. This is an action and you don't have much control. Like there's limitations on when you can use it. And there on popping out the other side, you uh, by definition are within three uh, hexes of one or more enemy fighters, which means that with your two momentum counters, you could end up right next to that fighter anyway. Yeah. Uh, Or, or nowhere close to it if they want to just push you in a different direction. So I think, uh, maybe if this didn't have, if this wasn't an action to do, uh, there might be some scenarios, but I, I can't see ever including yeah, this. I, um, it's one of those it, where... It might even get my reward for turkey of the deck. Yeah, it's, it's like, it yeah. just doesn't quite make sense to be here, and yeah. I just don't understand what you're trying to accomplish with this. And so until somebody proves otherwise, I'm I'm completely ignoring this card. I, yeah, I think it's just something that you include, like, hey it makes sense for like a cool teleport. Like I, I, and I like the idea in concept and I think it was just, you know, maybe a previous version was overly powerful or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, if you're all in using this as rivals and then wow. <laughs> comboing it with one of those crazy, sure, yeah. one of one of the gambit mitigation ones, then you know, then then maybe you do something. <laughs> I'm I'm trying Gra- to create a magical Christmas land here for sure. Combos, but uh, yeah, combos, I mean, how yeah. many how many power cards do you want to burn here? Yeah. I'll use my whole hand uh, for one action. Yeah. Well, so that is kind of through the cards. Uh, is is now a good time to talk a little bit about what pairings you might make in uh, nemesis or such. I think think so. Um, So I guess just to recap, it's sort of like we set this groundwork to say, here's what we think this deck does. Well, here's the cards we think that support doing that thing. Well, now that we know what we think it does well, what war bands would benefit from that thing? Yeah. Um, So let's start with nemesis because I think it's sort of the, the natural stepping stone we could talk about rivals i don't think we need to though right yeah Yeah. so in nemesis who you have one that is like oh yeah i really want this in nemesis for this warband so i've got three builds two are a little more obvious one one uh i i did do a magor's fiends pairing Mm -hmm. um and i i think i almost will say alongside it is the, the other one was uh Iron Souls Condemners. Oh, they're, okay. They're both aggro warbands. Yep. They're both low move warbands. Uh, Magor's starts out at three, can inspire to four, uh, but Magor's really wants to get those early attacks in to give them a chance to inspire to then really kind of go to town and, and spend more rounds inspired later. Yep. Uh, they're both small enough that things like Need for Speed, Eager for the Fight score pretty well. Uh, and... Uh, certainly with Magors to a much lesser extent, Condemners. Magors has such a rough faction deck in a lot of ways. You know, they, they have oh, a really terrible objective deck. Um, they have n- not great, but okay power cards. Uh, some some are some are very good, but uh, there's plenty of room to bulk it out. That they're actually happy when I built them. They they I built them to lean in fairly heavily to the uh, momentum impetus mechanic yeah. and that's where i found that it actually scored pretty smoothly um out of control scored wild impetus scored um without without uh, being too concerned about it so nice uh yeah i i actually liked that pairing quite a bit i uh, had fun with it it didn't seem super powered but it was it was kind of the exact warband that's looking for it uh which is they could use some speed and they're happy to have aggression help as far as uh, you know, an extra dice here or there, or uh, some ranged weapons to kind of give them some more chances to do things. Um, and then condemners, I, I bring up as another you know three move warband likes to get some into some fights. They have some really high accuracy uh, out of the gate if they can get there. And so you know, even just looking at that devastating charge, uh, that can that can be that can really deliver some damage early, yeah. uh, which is nice. Um, and they, they don't mind getting a little uh, pre-inspire. If you throw a moving mark on somebody, it gives them more chance to actually inspire because they're rolling more defense dice and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think uh, I think both those warbands, yeah, I mean, both those warbands are happy to have extra defense dice or damage mitigation because they're big enough fighters to, to care about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I specifically bring up Condemners cause they are a warband available to everybody in the way that Magors are not really. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, Magors and Far Striders were sort of low print run 
even in season yeah. one. And so finding them now, it's just kind of like, ooh, good luck. <laughs> uh, what about you? What, what did you uh, find uh, for appearance? Yeah, so I mean, I built a number of things, both with this deck and with Force of Frost, just to be like, let's just get in there, start building decks and figure out what feels good as I'm building and what doesn't. Um, so listeners may be shocked to hear this, but the first thing I leaned for was, uh, Reavers. <laughs> oh, what? And, yeah. uh, that was pretty fun. Um, where I was like, well, okay. Cause early on I was sort of thinking about like, oh man, impetus feels like such a downside to this deck. How can I, how can I mitigate that? And I was like, well, Reavers don't care really. <laughs> Um, right. like they're just going to charge once they're charged, they're kind of done anyway. Um, and in some ways they kind of just want to die after that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so it was like, Hey, if you're going to put me in a bad position, I, I don't really care. So let's just see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, they love the extra speed to make sure that like get those further away fighters into the fight. Um, yeah. they're going to make a lot of attacks. So things like Gale force works out. Um, your game plan's pretty simple, so like plus dice sounds good. Plus damage sounds good. Like it, it just kind of is it's dumb in a certain way, but like it works. Um the nice thing that I found when I started filling it out is that um you know Reavers actually have some really nice power cards. And so yep. you could, you know, lean away from some of the stuff that mitigated um the negatives because i was already deciding that i didn't care about those and so you were just like all in on the aggro plan um how, how did you feel when you got to upgrades because that that feels yeah, like the sticking point up, for me with them doesn't it feel was... as good um yeah. i do like having the inertial lance and i did think about um having sort of this cheat maybe cuter than good but uh fun little package where it's like well because there's just not that many good choices, you can take the, what is it, Gore Slick for uh, Garrick, where he's got yeah, plus one where, defense. Yeah, where if he's going to be driven back, instead he can push. Uh, oh, oh no, yeah, you're thinking. Plus one defense. Yeah, I, and then yeah. you can give him something like Moving Mark. And now all of a sudden <laughs> he's three block, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, and he has his upgrade that gives him extra bounty when he gets kills. So then it's like you can have this secret like Voltron package where all of a sudden Garrick becomes just an absolute monster. Um, yeah. And it's actually pretty hard to bring I, down. So I was I was thinking of his other one is ever advancing. Yes. It's his weird one where he, yeah. he pushes after being attacked. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah. I, I think they actually, they have a little bit of a help with the salvage rule because they have so many, I think oh, yeah, of their man. nine upgrades, eight are fighter restricted, so which is many. insane for a glass cannon warband. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, you, you can then take like uh whirlwind of death, the plus one damage for Carson's because like, yeah, yeah plus, well, one damage, draw it and, yeah, plus one damage is nice. And if I draw it and he's dead, well, I'll just yeah, get salvage it out, it out for something else. else. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was sort of like a, a dumb first deck. Uh, I was thinking about it more and I was like, well, you know, this, this is probably going to work really well for something like Ripa's where they pretty mm. much just want to be in enemy territory and make attacks. And this is mm -hmm. going to do that. Like if your opponent is mm -hmm. smart, I guess they could push you out of enemy territory, but 
that's not necessarily what you want to be doing because like you kind of want to kill the wolves that have already charged you so i liked i like that pairing they've got a lot of like basically they only need to fill a couple power card slots and they have really solid objectives as well great stuff in there like they're just filling the holes which is really nice yeah um yeah. So I, and like you said, they love Gale Force. That is yeah, so fast. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, okay, that that feels pretty solid. Um, the, the other card I, I actually kind of like with them, uh, you know, because you, we talk about the, if you do something that uses momentum counters, then all of a sudden they're maybe getting staggered. And if you only have three fighters, it doesn't feel great. But they, they have, uh, and actually Condemners have a, a Gambit speed uh, guard as well. They have defensive maneuver, oh, which yeah. is push yep. one away from the closest and give a guard token. So you can, you can uh, flip that, uh, flip that stagger on its head, and <laughs> yeah. uh, all of a sudden you're you're in a you're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, I I think I think all of a sudden that card looks pretty good. I, mean, I think it's it's always like pretty good. I'm always thinking about it anyway, and I think it looks really good in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I just, a couple others that I'd thought about, but are harder to make work because I realize they care more about positioning than maybe at first glance you'd think. Um, so crushes is one, I know Brian was like, Oh, this plus crushes is going to be gross. Um, cause it shores up their bad speed. They already have good attack profiles. So like boosting their already good attacks is really scary uh but like they have two surges for holding objectives which is basically impossible with this deck unless you just don't use the cool gambits that give you bonuses to your charges um and like if you're using this stuff trying to stay adjacent to people to take advantage of the stuff that lets them like react to make an attack after getting attacked uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be harder. And so I was like, well, wait a minute. Some of this stuff starts to be like a non synergistic kind of combo yeah. and like they're large fighters. So some of this stuff that's like, Hey, you can't put this on a large fighter. So like you can't use tumbler and it started to kind of fall apart. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. Um, yeah. So for nemesis, it's like, I think, think any warband that cares about positioning beyond just being in enemy territory all of a sudden you can't utilize all of the pieces here as well and so Mm. you really have to start to like either have a really solid game plan for how you're going to manage that and like thread the needle sort of um or you just go somewhere else yeah i um i also feel obliged to speak up on behalf of the chosen axes mafia out there (laughs) There, yeah. are, there are a number of people, including including some of us here on this uh, podcast, that uh, said, "Oh, chosen axes! They're going to be excited. They got the speed boost." And Wathlab was no. like, "No, <laughs> <Can't> inspire." <laughs> yeah, they they care too much about making sure they stop on those objectives. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, that is an example of something at first blush you're like, "Oh yeah, more speed, easily available." Of course, of course, the warband that enjoys swinging an axe or two but is too slow to get where they want <laughs> would like it. Um, yeah. I have, I have a more general question for sure. you. What do you think as I was going through different options as uh, possibilities, what do you think of giving this to, you know, cause we mentioned some range one war bands like Reavers, like Magors, like Condemners. What do you think about 
warbands that are range two, where if they get pushed, it's maybe not as big a deal. So if you go in with a momentum counter and somebody shoves you away, you're like, that's fine. I'm still in range with my range two. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I could see somebody like Dreppers potentially. That's that's what I was kind of thinking of. a decent amount. Um, I, I do wonder if if the benefit like because you don't need the extra move as much when you have reach as well so it's sort of like well okay am am i actually gaining as much here when i don't benefit from the movement um you know maybe the objectives are better than using like tooth and claw but some of the power cards are maybe less although tooth and claw really cares about range one a lot it does so maybe maybe that is a good like reason to reach here because if you have almost yeah. all range two um yeah. all of a sudden it's like hey i can actually have benefits <laughs> to my attack yeah. actions and i will i'll say all this math gets much easier if you go to championship oh, yeah. because then you can just come in here dip in for you know whatever matches what you've got but like we we were excited about gale force need for speed eager for the fight rapid strike uh maybe you are a warband that you know uses a lot of different uh free move counter than too slow is is something good um and and then you can go elsewhere to fill things out if you're too if you're too scared of the uh momentum mechanic yeah i mean and it's kind of a weird situation in championship where it's like you could in theory be taking this deck for its defensive bonuses not for its aggro stuff and you know, as long as you've got the objective deck to support it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it certainly is nice to be able to kind of cherry pick like that. It uh, yeah. basically would be, a, it wouldn't be able to completely ignore impetus, but it would become mostly a non-factor. Like maybe it'll happen once or twice a game and it's just like, right. eh, I can, I can live with that because I got to reduce damage by one or yeah. I get to be two dodge forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess we should talk in more depth about that. Uh, just like what what we're seeing, what we'd want to do in championship. Although I, I do feel like maybe I should mention as well that it feels like um, the uh, headcrackers, Mad Mob could also like this a decent amount in nemesis before we move on to championship mm-hmm. um they're on the slower side i think they really like accuracy boosts um and they don't have to lean super heavily into this deck because they do have a lot of their own uh pieces yeah sure i mean i i think i, I think you just speaking in broad terms and championships because i don't think there's a ton to be said here uh, on championship is that this is the deck where if you need, if you need some just the last few solid extra pieces for your aggro build, this is a great place to reach. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the bigger question then in championship is like, okay, you know your aggro, you know you're needing to reach for a few extra tools. How are you feeling about having to make the choice between including your few choice selections from Breakneck Slaughter versus making your few choice selections from something like Tooth and Claw? Sure. Yeah. And a big thing with this is there is no ping in this deck, right? Yeah, no ping. Um, Um, So, 
by going with this, you're foregoing the ping that may be available to you uh, if you are a uh, range one warband that may be available to you in Tooth and Claw if you are uh, not necessarily wanting Tooth and Claw but are doing some other things that um, Daring Delvers can bring with some of its uh, its access to... Um, it's got some decent pinks in there. Yeah. Uh, and so can you afford to forego what those are offering? And I think that depends on how much you have in your own faction deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I mean, and yeah, play style will factor in as well. If you're more of a ranged aggro deck, like we just kind of mentioned, um, you probably don't love tooth and claw. Um, if you're aggro and you already are wanting to lean into something like, you know, I don't know, fearsome fortress, you're already like, really i don't know you're you're struggling i think because fearsome fortress you're probably leaning a little more flex and this doesn't fill those same gaps so it's sort of like well i'm probably not gonna lean to that sure you know an interesting uh maybe maybe i'll leave that because i haven't thought about it enough but i was like ooh, what can we do with beastbound assault combined with this but i don't know i i haven't thought about it enough so yeah, I think I, there's some possibilities there. I think Beastbound Assault uh, struggles with some of its upgrades, and this has kind of a little bit of a wonky upgrade situation too. But maybe between the two of them, you get yourself uh, somewhere. Just, yeah. uh, I, I know we've already advanced the championship, but I, that's because I've been trying to save uh, a, a mad scientist pitch for you for Ooh, last. Well, I'm always so, I'm always excited to hear about okay. these mad. Do we have anything we, else we want to say on championship, or or should we? Um. I don't think so. I mean, like plot card decks become, you know, a splitting point in champ builds and you really have to have a lot of good reasons to take. I think kind of like I just said, mentioned, it's like, well, if you're leaning towards something like Void Curse Thralls because you want the extra movement or if you're leaning towards something like uh, Fearsome Fortress because you want to do some flex stuff and want to be able to hold objectives and benefit that way. You know, I would see a, you'd be kind of hard pressed to find a good reason to take this over those. So I think you're really only taking this in championship because you're already sold on being a very aggressive build and you just need a few tools to sort of fill things out. A few tools or, or, you know, and especially if those tools are, I need a little bit extra speed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're really slow and you're just trying to mitigate the disaster that is three speed sometimes you're just like yep okay <laughs> give me yeah. something so i can get in there yeah. but uh hasn't really been an issue lately because i feel like they have really leaned into faster warbands of the last couple of sets yeah all right check it out so i realized after i'd done some builds i'm like i i did i did a low fighter count three move warband and a low fighter count three move warband. I was like, is there room for something else? You know, just cause it would seem like, Hey, these are, these are aggro, uh, setups. Is there, what would be like a really weird warband to take this with? And, you know, I was thinking, uh, like, ah, oh, sepulchral guard slow. I'm like, no, that's terrible. Like they want to be holding objective. That doesn't work. Okay. Um, and then I thought of the exiled dead. Now yep. hear me out. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm listening. Uh, so Gale Force 
Oh, man. That can score on like a single activation. Uh, They have one which is, uh, so too slow. This is have more move and charge combined than the other side. So that's solid. Uh, Running rings, which is the B adjacent to enemy fighters. That's pretty easy to do that with multiples, right? Yeah. Um, You can lean into some of the aggro stuff. The defensive stuff, Dantelos is happy to get some extra defensive tech. So a damage reduction or putting Dantelos to two block because the first time he does his dance action, he's probably taking a move, you know, depending on where he's at. Yeah. Uh, So he can get to two block or he can be on two dodge if you prefer tumbler on him. Um, So those are cool. Uh, And then I was even looking at like things like slick ice, which is the after charge, the, uh, the domain where we're not doing charges. (laughs) You're not doing charges. So, uh, and on top of that, if you're, if the other person is getting momentum counters and you're using them to stagger, well then those, uh, those conductive minions really like seeing a a staggered fighter for both accuracy reasons and for damage boost reasons. They sure do. Um, Um, I, I will say, strangely, fastest around also works well with them because, it, it, well, it doesn't. But like you could theoretically make it work. You have to have all your friendly fighters in enemy territory. You do this late, but yeah. no enemy fighters in your territory. You do the zombie wall thing, and you're just like, I'm sure. gonna push forward and then push forward and then round three. Yeah, get everybody in and score yep. three. Um. Uh. And then I think the other piece that I thought was important to, to keep in mind is um, Markov and Regulus, right? So yep. uh, one of the penalties of this is like, okay, I I uh, charge and end up in a weird spot. Uh, well, Regulus doesn't care. Regulus can just keep charging again and again. You can have Markov be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, Regulus, charge again. Hey, Regulus, charge again. Hey, Regulus, guess what? Charge again. Yeah. Well, if Regulus is... Uh, so that... Yeah, wherever you position Regulus, he can keep doing that sort of thing, which is cool. But I was thinking Hurricane Dart might even be worthwhile if you were really trying to keep, uh, if you're really trying to keep Dintelos safe, he yeah. can be lobbing shots from four away. Just like, hey, everyone else is attacking. Well, uh, I might yeah, as well just throw. I'll, I'll just, you know. On the off chance, it's like a wolf bite at that point. It's like, you know, yeah. all the other zombies are already attacking and I just get to throw yeah. this in there, probably with supports. And yeah. maybe land a hit. I, I will say this extra. is kind of where my brain was going when I was like, can you do something with this and Beastbound <laughs> Assault and make a deck? Because uh, they love Beastbound Assault, but they do. Uh, I have not, I've played Exiled Dead exactly one time, so I should not <laughs> speculate. And you didn't particularly enjoy it. I, I think that They're just people don't like playing them. So into them, I Some should people say. don't. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> uh, I, I think, uh, I think I built something, uh, and I'll, I'll put the link in our show notes for somebody who wants to goof around with it. I think as somebody who doesn't have much experience with them at first, I was like, yeah, need for speed. That's great. Uh, it's easy to get moves and charges, uh, moves or charges on everybody. I think the problem is their resurrect mechanic is a little uh, clunky for it because you will bring a fighter back. They won't have a move token and they'll kind of mess up the, the situation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it, it's a first draft. It needs some refining, but I was surprised how well it actually seemed to, to work. I know they, I know they want to like keep their wall tight. Um, you can't super afford to have some of them slipping out of the way so that there's a, a, a hole on the way to Dintelos, but, 
I I think there's probably better nemesis pairings, but I think it would be a fun one um, to just to just try it's out. Certainly, so be I, interesting. Yeah, you can expect to see this. I, I promise to try it out and report back. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely we'll cool. See. So something that yeah. before we sign off here, because I feel like we're pretty close to wrapped up. Uh, yep. One thing that I've been feeling like sometimes when we're like, hey, what which warband works best with this or what 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 can we do with this deck or, or whatever? And it's like we're reaching back to some stuff that is not just like out of print, but it's been out of print for a long time. Yeah. And so I tried yeah. to I tried and I've been trying more recently to be like what what that is still available in print on most store shelves would work well with these. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it was rough, but I think <laughs> <laughs> so. So you could do Gnarl spirit pack. I will say, although I think Gnarl spirit pack doesn't need this. Um, it's like technically it works. I think they kind of like tooth and claw better. And I think some of their positioning stuff, is messed up by this deck so i didn't love it um but grisel's rni maybe like uh, it feels a little scary because you're just having to sort of throw them forward into getting chopped up and their fighters are about the least survivable in the game but uh i it it seemed like maybe it could work so for people who like them i'd be curious to hear if you have any ideas of using this with them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that the people to ask will, uh, will be the underworld's underground. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I mean, their, their whole thing, uh, right. They're just yeah. gonna, they're gonna do that. Everybody's gonna build. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because I don't know how much speed they need. They're, they're pretty quick. They don't need the speed. I do imagine yeah. they like the accuracy though. Um, that's true. And the, I think maybe just the objectives, like if nothing else, they can just be like, mm. we're going to be in enemy territory anyway. So let's grab yeah. eager the fight and we've got combo. So let's grab gale force and yeah, we're probably going to have fighters die. So let's grab need for speed. Cause it'll probably just happen. <laughs> oh yeah. They probably will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, just a couple of thoughts of things that are currently in print, but would still probably benefit. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it. I, uh, I had a good time talking about this deck. I, uh, I, I think it was one that we were collectively less in love with the idea of, uh, talking about, cause it seemed, you know, at, at first blush, you're like, ah, oh, it's just rushing aggro, but uh, there's there's some stuff to chew on yeah. there. So yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of nuance with how you manage all the pushes and some of these uh, cards that are not as obvious, but like, it's like, what can I do with quick juke? Uh, what what right. benefit can right. I gain from an instant speed? I'm just going to have a guard token before I roll my defense dice. That. Yeah. I think there's a lot of play there. You can catch people yeah. really, really out of position with stuff like that. So pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, you can talk to us at WTHCast or what the heck's cast at gmail.com. Uh, uh, the most common place for people to talk to us is on our Discord or hitting us up. We have a presence on uh, some of the bigger Vassal Discord and all that sort of thing. That was it. That was the other thing I was going to say. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, 
Shuby reached out uh, on our Discord, and he's oh, been yeah. trying to get yep. the message out. Um, uh, for those who have encountered the Vassal community in the past, and it has this uh, perception as a place that is only for championship players, and you'll get mocked if you come in wanting to play Nemesis. They're really leaning into making it a welcoming place for Nemesis players. Uh, and according to Shuby, uh, now there are more Nemesis games being played on there than championship games. So if for some reason you you dipped in in the past and uh, felt like it wasn't quite where you wanted to be because you didn't see your play style represented, well, maybe uh, think about giving it another shot. And there, there's a lot of great knowledge on there. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the pitch for the Vassal Discord where we are, uh, and we'll, we'll we post our content up there and uh, have a feedback thread and all that sort of thing. Uh, there is more content from our network at themortalrealms.com. That's what we're part of. Uh, you can go check it out there. You can find a link to all our card by card reviews uh, ever since we started doing it. Those are all up there. Uh, anything new that comes out. Any of our episodes are available there. Of course, you can subscribe and uh, uh, review on whatever platform you're using. Um, coming up, we got one more. We're going to get into Force of Frost. We're not exactly sure which hosts are going to fight to be on that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But uh, there's there's a ton to talk over there. Oh, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I might have to give everyone chess clock so that we don't make that like a three-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Record-setting episode yeah. coming up. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> actually, actually, Skyler started editing some of these, so maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe. yeah let's if do he's it. editing, yeah, let's go for <laughs> it. Yep, yep. Break the record. Um, then uh, we're just gonna we're gonna jump here to our, our outgoing segments here. Uh, Phil, you know what time it is, right? Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm ready. My yeah. body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so. Obviously, it's going to be from this deck. Uh, um, I certainly hope so. And be quite the yeah. <laughs> and uh, these these can be pretty challenging sometimes because like you have a deck that's all like so focused in its theme. Yeah. Um, that you can you can have a hard time uh, going this. So this is this is almost going to be a test of. Um, oh, we'll, we'll get to it here. So uh, this one uh, is a very simple. Uh, a, a very simple quote from a very simple man for what uh, on on the surface seems like maybe a simple deck, perhaps not uh, as we as we got into. But the quote is "Riptooth kill" from Magor Redhand. I believe, unless the art is very misleading, this one's devastating charge. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I, if we had not already talked about eager for the fight on uh, previous episodes yeah, that the, yeah, that uh, flavor text came always. up, that was hundred percent. So I had to, I had to bail so on that. Good. Um, for the recommended listening, there was only one possible choice for this. This is off of the album Genesis by Busta Rhymes. It's break your neck. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> I listened to that today uh, while I was doing dishes. I was like, man, this is a really fun track. I'm really <laughs> glad to be able to put this on here. Uh, I found a clean version and then played it for my son and he liked it too. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll, uh, for one more week, we'll see you in one week's time. Uh, for what the heck's, I'm Davey. And this is Phil.
think I am going to, let's see. I'm going to shut Discord tab just so I don't have it chirping in my ear. Uh, um, yeah, that's actually a good idea. I've found that to be annoying in the past. Well, oh man, I literally just, because I opened Discord to go find that post. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, well, and in my ear, I hear, like, oh man, <laughs> closed you go. If I was smarter, I would just silence it. That way I could pop back over. But anyway, 